welcome to the Owning Your Sexual Self podcast, a place for you to listen and explore all things surrounding sex positivity. I'm your host, Rachel Main, sex therapist and educator, intimacy coach, awesome wife to my husband, Danny, board of directors member and team leader with Pure Romance, and best of all, a work from home dog mom to my favorite pups, Bane and Tater. After starting my Pure Romance business, I quickly learned how much sexuality education was lacking within my community and how much shame was placed on things like fantasies, masturbation, and sexual dysfunctions. I'm on a mission to make this world a more sex-positive place, and with this podcast, I hope to reach thousands of people. I'll bring real-life experiences to the surface and normalize them by offering a non-judgmental view. If you can get down with that, then tune in every Monday and let's change this fucking world. Hello, hello. I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. I am so excited to introduce our guest today. Um, Today I have on with me Jordan Jones. Jordan is a physician assistant. She's previously worked in infertility and currently works in family practice. She works as a traveling PA, which means she gets to talk with people from all over the world. And her preferred area of work is women's health and sexuality. And she's also a podcaster herself, so you can definitely check her out as well as her episodes on her podcast, which is called Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators. What an awesome name. Totally fits in with the theme here, owning your sexual self. Um, So I'm so, so excited to have her on today. Welcome, Jordan. Yay. Thank you so much for having me here today. I cannot wait to talk with you. Same. I'm so excited. Um, I Again, I wanted to thank you for having me a few weeks ago on your podcast. That was so much fun, and that's really where we discovered um, we, we are so interested in so many of the same things, and we're both kind of on the same sort of life mission and love talking about sex and especially love educating people about sex because um, I actually I just listened to your first episode. I was like, wow, this is very similar to my first episode and talking about how much sex education isn't out there, and it's it's such a needed thing now in society. It is. It really is. Yeah. So, and we mutually know each other through the pure romance world. So that's how we were introduced in case anybody was wondering. Um, and But never have met in real life, but hope to, well, maybe met in real life. We don't know <laughs> for sure, but we're definitely looking forward to meeting up hopefully next year in Atlanta, Georgia. Exactly. Yeah, so um, so I come from the therapy role, as you know, or counselor role, or whatever you want to call that, and you are more from the medical role. So tell us how you, so how, just, just tell us your journey of PA and how you discovered that your main interest was women's health. Okay, so as you had mentioned in the bio, I um, am a physician assistant, and I've been a physician physician assistant for three years. And um, when I was a child, I was really interested in sexual health. I was kind of always that go-to person for all of my friends when it came to birth controls, weird things going on. Like they all came to me, um, which was kind of crazy. And it started then. I had a wonderful pediatrician who made it so much easier for me to talk about kind of the changes and dealing with sex as an adolescent and that really sparked my interest more funny enough i actually my best friend in college we met because i told her i wanted to be a pediatrician and she's like oh she wants to be a pediatrician great we'll be friends 
And so I've always kind of liked working with adolescents and women when it comes to medicine. And after uh, my undergrad, I went and became a flight attendant for a while. And while I was flight attending, I met lots of different people. And I have known some people who had gone through fertility treatments at one point in their life. And I had always wanted to donate my eggs. And so that was something that I had been thinking about. And one of the uh, pilot's wives that I met was a reproductive endocrinologist PA at the Mayo Clinic. And he connected me with her and was like, you need to talk to her. Um, this is what you need to do. Um, and I met with her and it was great. And that's kind of how I became a PA. I applied for PA school. Um, first job was reproductive endocrinology, which is infertility and um, super awesome experience. Absolutely loved that. And then as a traveling PA, one of my main jobs is in Northern California, and I see a lot of adolescents. Uh, they have a program in California called Family Pact, which provides healthcare coverage for um, contraception. And so I see a lot of patients for that, and it's, a, it's, it's really awesome. That's amazing. So kind of, and when you're in your daily work, it's taking you back to that 12-year-old self and, and you're wanting to share that same experience that you got from your pediatrician. Absolutely. You were absolutely right. That's really cool. I love how it's coming for full circle for you. So yeah, what, are the, are... what are the typical questions? So if you're working primarily with um, adolescents or even women in general, what are the common questions that you're getting asked when they are seeing you? I think one of the biggest questions is vaginal discharge and odor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are experiencing abnormal vaginal discharge and odor, but I think a lot of women also don't necessarily know what their normal odor and discharge is like, and they have a lot of questions about that. Mm-hmm. Another big one is um, birth control. Tons of birth control questions. I, um, at my current office, I'm kind of the birth control consult queen. All the pediatricians send their patients to me to talk about birth control. Um, So that one is a huge conversation. Okay, great. And do you find that it's mostly, is it mostly the adolescent patient asking about these things or is it more the parents or do you get to see them separately without parents there? So honestly, um, when it comes to the adolescents, I usually see them alone. But I see women of all ages, and um, I see a lot of women who are in their 50s and 60s who also have these same questions, obviously not about the birth control, but still the vaginal odor and discharge. Um, But I do see women up to, you know, in their 40s with birth control questions. You still can conceive if you are having periods. Yeah, and just a little off topic, but how often do you see that women coming in um, with pregnancy that are over the age of 40? Not very often, but it does happen. Yeah. I've found that that's definitely something that has been, I I guess when I, so speaking from personal experience, when I hit the age of 30 and it's pretty much decided that my, between my husband and I, that we're not going to have children. I had that conversation with my gynecologist and I was like, this is it. You know, this is the final decision. I'm 30 now. And she's like, Oh, sweetie. (laughs) I was like, isn't that like, isn't, aren't I high risk after 30? And she's like, no, that's not necessarily the case anymore. So I feel like there are definitely women that are getting pregnant later on in life. Whereas in previous years, you know, I was always told, you know, get, you know, late 20s. That's the prime time. That's the best time. I'm like, I want to live my life first. 
Absolutely. Well, and with fertility treatments now too, you can have children so much later in life um, because you can always use like donor um, eggs as well, if that's a factor. And we can talk about that on a future podcast too. But um, there's there are people you can fertility clinics will do up to the age about 55 most of the time 50 55 mm-hmm. so when they're coming to you with these challenging questions and i know that these the the vaginal discharge and vaginal order specifically is something that's typically embarrassing for somebody to bring up did you find that early on in your profession did it was it ever embarrassing for you as a physician or how do you kind of help those those individuals overcome that and and feel safe asking those sorts of questions that's a really good question. So I don't find it awkward. I know my patients kind of look at me like, uh, is she really asking me this? You know, giving me that crazy look. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as I make them feel comfortable and normalize it, they have no question or no issue with talking about it. Yeah, that's good. I think that goes with so many different things in sex too. It's the the most important thing is normalizing and making that person feel normal and that's a common question that I get in my practice that they'll ask is is this normal and my answer is always like well what is what is normal <laughs> you know um, of course when it comes to medical things I think we have a more defined line of normal and abnormal um, but just in the general wide world of sex there's you know just embrace your inner freak is usually what I tell them if it feels good it's normal awesome um, so what do you feel is, what do you feel like is the biggest lesson or what do you think is the most important thing for you to share with listeners today coming from that PA lens? I would say the biggest thing for patients and women is to talk to your medical provider. If something doesn't feel right, um, if you're having issues, don't wait two years to come on in, come in, bring it up. If you don't like their answer, they're not helping you find somebody else. Um, and if they don't have the answer, a lot of times they'll refer you to somebody who can help better help you. So, um, I think the, the biggest takeaway is always bring it up and let them know what's going on. Cause we can't read your mind and, um, yeah. Yeah. Great. And what would be suggestions that you have? So if somebody does particularly have, um, they feel that they have a bad vaginal order, they do feel like they're having more discharge than normal, and the, they do speak to their medical professional, and they, you know, what, what sorts of suggestions would you give that person, um, you know, habits that they could introduce or different foods that they could introduce that could help change that and give them a more positive outlook on it? That's a really good question. Um, I think if it's determined that your discharge is normal, I think the biggest thing is understanding that your discharge does change, you know, like it's normal to see some different changes throughout your cycle, even, um, same with the odor. So if it's determined that your discharge in odor are normal, then kind of learn to adjust to what is the new normal for you. Um, and which can be hard, Mm -hmm. it can be different. So it's a change. Um, but as far as things to do, whatever you do, do not douche. Douching is not recommended. Yes. Um, <laughs> that, that is a key tip there. Yes, thank you Another for really saying that. <laughs> yeah. Another good thing that I actually recommend a lot of people is like the Pure Romance Just Like Me um, lubricant is really helpful for balancing pH. 
and it, it ha- it's pH balanced, so it's not going to throw off your vaginal flora. But I find that a lot of people have less discharge and odor when they do use that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause if your pH is just starting to be off a little bit and you use that, it helps kind of normalize it. Mm-hmm. That's what I've experienced with my patients. Yeah. And with, so when you're recommending that they use that just like me or water, a pH balanced water-based lubricant, um, which will definitely put the link to that if anybody was interested listening to check that lubrication out. Um, do you, so do you recommend that they're using it as, as part of their daily routine then? Absolutely. People always look at me when I say that, like I'm crazy. They're like, you want me to insert lube just because like, aren't I only supposed to use that if I'm having sex? I'm like, no, because it's also a moisturizer. And then you, and that's usually what I say, but I didn't even also think of the fact that it will help regulate that pH. That is, yeah, that's genius. I'd... Yeah, I tell patients all the time, if they're having like dryness, like consistent dryness, itching, um, and there's nothing medically going on that I can identify, try the lubricant. If it makes a difference, great. If it doesn't, I'm back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. So many good things. Look at this. Um, so any resources that you have that you could share with listeners around really anything? It doesn't even have to be the things that we talked about, but any any common things that you feel yourself kind of handing out in, in your daily practice? Um, I don't have anything really wonderful other than ACOG. ACOG is the American Academy of Gynecology. And they have a lot of good patient information sheets to help give you more information about things going on. Um, so that can be a really great resource. If your doctor diagnoses you with some sort of condition, you can go look at the patient education there. Um, and I can send you the link for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of great resources online. Um, my podcast focuses more on the health aspect mm-hmm. for the most part. And so um, I'm covering a lot of the health topics that you would see on ACOG, but, um, I would say that probably the best resource. Yeah. And it's always amazing to me too. Now when you, when you're listening, whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, if it's Spotify, Apple podcasts, whatever, um, and you, you literally just search sex or sex podcasts and the number of podcasts that come up now, it's like, it just makes my heart just so happy because so many more people are talking about it. And even though, you know, you you have an episode on Volve Anatomy and I have an episode on Volve Anatomy, they, even if somebody was listening to the same two episodes, they might hear something from you that they didn't hear from me or they might hear us say the same exact thing. But for some reason, it just clicked better hearing it from you rather than me. And so I'm a just in terms of like that educational piece, I'm a huge I know we're biased, but a huge advocate of listening to podcasts related to sex, and um, and I think most of them do include that humor, and they're not they're not dry like you're listening to a a terrible like recorded audio book or something like that, you know. Right, right. Um, speaking of books, any any books that you would recommend for people that are wanting to learn more about their their health and wellness when it comes to sex. Um, I have some good books when it comes to sexual wellness. Um, Our Bodies, Ourselves is really good, but they are no longer making that. The last published episode, or last published book was 2011, I believe, but that is a wonderful resource. Um, Ian Kerner, She Comes First is Mm -hmm. a really, really, really good book too. Um, 
And then one that I'm currently reading that I'm obsessed with is In the Flow. Um, that one is about managing like your period and your cycle with more so like diet and, and um, using when you have more creative times versus less creative times and more um, detail oriented and maximizing your life based on your menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's especially helpful for anybody that is an entrepreneur or in the business world to listen to that. I remember you mentioned that when we were meeting, and it's in my queue actually on Audible. So, Um, but yeah, okay, great. And I also love the the book "Come as You Are" by Emily Nagoski. Um, I think that is also another great thing, specifically for for women that are looking for resources out there. I need to read that one. I've been recommended that by a couple um, clients, actually. Yes. Awesome. And and it's a good read. If you listen to it on Audible, it's actually her recording the book. So I'm always a fan when it is the actual author that records the Audibles. All right. So how can our listeners follow you on social media? I know we plugged your podcast in here. I'll definitely share that in the show notes as well. But um, any other ways that for them that preferred for you (laughs) any ways that you prefer for them to find you (laughs) yeah so you can find me on instagram at jordan Donnell, j-o-r-d-a-n-d-n-e-l-l-e um you can also find me on facebook as well and then you can always check out my website uh vaginas bulbas and vibrators.com so good and i know you got some new things in the works as well so definitely check out jordan's work um she's she's got some great great things coming down the pipeline um all right jordan any final advice or anything that you want one more thing for the listeners to know um i think at the end of the day remember that you know we are all unique we all bring different things to the table and always embrace your uniqueness Mm -hmm. yeah love love your vulva just the way she is and if you feel like something's off talk to your physician your pa your gynecologist some some medical professional that you trust because they can definitely help and they're not embarrassed and you shouldn't be embarrassed either (laughs) absolutely awesome i could add one more thing if you wanted me to yeah um medically keep in mind that we are not paying any attention when we do your pap smears and are taking a look we're not paying attention to anything other than medically so don't over um, think about that that so I don't have to fully shave an hour before I go into my gynecologist exam (laughs) no (laughs) I don't need to shave my legs (laughs) no still in your toes yep I didn't I don't take a look at your pedicure either That is so funny. I'm so glad you said that because I'm I'm literally that person, Jordan. I'm like, all right, I need to fully shave. Maybe I'll also whack. Like, yeah, but I, that's so good because so many, I know so many women think of that. Like, what is she thinking when she's looking in there? <laughs> yeah, they do. And I have patients that come to me. They're like, well, I can't do an exam today because I'm not ready for it. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. They're like, oh, no, no. We really don't pay any attention to anything that we're not medically looking for yeah this is yeah this is life right especially during quarantine right we definitely were not showering as often and definitely not shaving as often as we probably previously were (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) awesome well thanks again jordan this was so fun i cannot wait to have you on uh future episodes um i cannot wait to talk about the infertility stuff and fertility stuff and all all things involving the little babes in our lives so i'm excited for that 
But yes, thank right. you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Until next time, guys, we shall see you on the next episode of Owning Your Sexual Self. Thank you so much for listening today and helping me change the world by spreading sex positive awareness. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Rachel Main or check out my Linktree website in the show's bio for direct links to all my pages. You can also shop my Pure Romance store or become a Pure Romance business owner yourself by visiting pureromance.com slash Rachel Thank you again so, so much. Until next week, go out there and own your sexual self.